Hello everyone and welcome back to Air Magique. I'm Eric and today Neil's from Ad Capturing Disney Parks, who you know from his amazing Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and I will be chatting all about the weird, strange, and crazy aspects of Disneyland Paris that make the Paris Resort so unique. Niels, it's great to have you back. How you been doing? Hi Eric, I'm doing fine. Uh, thanks uh, for having me on the show again. <laughs> I'm so glad you're back, Niels. What have you been up to these past couple of weeks? Well... I went uh, last weekend to uh, Beeksbergen, which is a, a safari park uh, here in the, in the Netherlands. Oh, uh, so cool. The first day out since a very long time. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, that was a welcome, uh, well, new experience uh, again. Oh my gosh, I can imagine. And this safari park was quite a nice opportunity with all the COVID uh, <laughs> <laughs> measurements, especially since they offer a car safari. So uh, yeah, you can drive through the park uh, in your own car and stay in your own little bubble. <laughs> so uh, it's perfect uh, for some uh, social distancing. <laughs> so it's almost like the safari attraction at Disney World's Animal Kingdom, except for exactly. you're driving the car yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, it, it's a, yeah, it's like the Kilimanjaro uh, safaris uh, over there. Oh, wow. Maybe larger, or at least um, the animals are more spread. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's kind of the same thing, and you can discover it by your own car, but uh, they usually also have uh, bus tours Ooh. or boat uh, safaris, but those are closed nowadays. Uh, right but uh, they offer the opportunity to also do the walking tour through the park but well to be honest it was quite busy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and because there was a lot of rain in the morning <laughs> some parts of the paths were flooded oh, no. and people uh, had to come even closer to each other so uh, yeah, that was not uh, yeah it's not, not ideal not, well, <laughs> the perfect way to explore at this moment i saw on a really cute picture that you sent me that there was a giraffe that licked your car what yeah. kind of animals can you encounter there so giraffes and do they have like lions too yes they have lions and uh, tigers and well other wild cats wow. and uh, i think they also had some wild dogs and all these animals can come right up to your vehicle or is it like fenced off a little bit here and there no the <laughs> some uh, are a bit further away <laughs> or uh, behind uh, some kind of fence or right. water there are a lot of animals uh, like uh, reindeers uh, or uh, okapia-like mm -hmm. uh, animals that uh, that can come pretty close uh, to your car. That's cool. The zebras and the giraffes uh, can uh, come really close. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah. That's, that's fabulous. That's really cool. Yeah. So the giraffes really block your roads uh, sometimes <laughs> and they, they, they really do that on purpose. Time and, to go uh, off-roading. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, indeed, and, uh, and and they start licking all the cars. Uh, so <gasps> they, they lick the, the raindrops uh, from it or the little leaves or other stuff that's uh, that's probably there. <laughs> so but, cute. Uh, yeah, it looks really nice. And yeah, no, it sounds fantastic. I've also been up to some more animalistic things here in Dresden. We've been going to the zoo a lot because yeah. we just bought a tele-super zoom for our mirrorless camera so we can do really cool close-up shots of like elephants and the giraffes and it's been a lot of fun but let me tell you that <laughs> lens just weighs so much i will definitely not be bringing it to disneyland paris you can rent a stroller <laughs> yeah just for the lens let me just get this out here yeah. can i take this as a carry-on on space mountain i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah, you, yeah you can try <laughs> my husband's uncle said it is not a travel friendly lens and he is absolutely right this no. thing weighs a ton like i've had 
babies in my arms that were way lighter than this uh, photo lens. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So. And the babies are more flexible. Definitely. Too. <laughs> put them up front, put them on your back, put them on the stroller, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess you can make some really great pictures with totally. it. Totally. And you can also spy on your neighbors, I can right? totally spy on I know everything they're doing. I can give you a 24-hour rundown. I've been doing time-lapse <laughs> recordings. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> yeah. So if you're living in Dresden, yeah. watch out. It's a good way to be creepy, definitely. <laughs> Now, considering that the parks are still closed, we have quite the new segment for you guys today. So, it's back. The Disneyland Paris Photo Pass website has finally returned and is now sponsored by Kodak. So, photos taken in 2020, the very few, <laughs> are available online now, and 2019 photos should be made available soon. Well, that's cool how the photo pass yeah. i've never used this website before in my life so i can't say if it's better or worse than the original do you have any experience with the photo pass niels i have experience with the old site but um i didn't check uh, the new site yet yeah but uh well the old site well wasn't the most user-friendly one right especially because everything automatically is in french <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's the case for the whole photo pass thing if you buy it uh, or you get it with your annual pass then all the instructions are in french i believe so uh, oh, okay. that's, uh, okay. making uh, life a bit more difficult but at this moment uh, I'm, I'm checking right now the photo pass app that i have with all my pictures in it um, oh okay the pictures are not being displayed <laughs> okay so they're not online yet but i'm sure so, they'll be there yeah, soon yeah i guess so yeah maybe because i have a lot of older pictures not that much from this year right um, right well it's been a pretty short year for visiting the park so yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah sadly the 2020 disneyland paris run weekend that was supposed to take place from september 24th through the 27th has been cancelled you know, if we would have known Corona was about to happen, our 2020 episode about Disneyland Paris would have been a lot shorter. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, we talked about so many fun events that were supposed to be taking place this year. Oh well, I guess we'll have to wait until 2021 when the run weekend is still on schedule for next year. So let's hope that by that time we've got this Corona thing under control. I hope so too. Yeah, guests who have booked a run Disney package can elect to keep their package minus the run costs by June 19th. Otherwise, all reservations will be automatically canceled and refunded. So at least that's pretty seamless, which is good. Exactly, yeah. Golf Disneyland Paris reopened on the 30th of May and is looking as gorgeous as ever. Avid golfers must make advanced reservations and limited clubhouse services are available. The restaurant is still closed, though. Have you been to it? Well, I'm not a golfer, so... Me either. <laughs> I didn't check out the full course, but I stayed in the Redis and Blue uh, Partner Hotel. Uh-huh. And that is situated uh, on the golf park. Oh. So part of the hotel is looking over the, uh, the golf lanes, I, uh, that sounds I, nice. I believe. So I drove <laughs> along uh, uh, the whole golf park and, uh, and I, I, I think I stayed there one or two times. Uh, <laughs> so you're like, been the there, done that? Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's why I know. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> I'm going to find out more about this. My dad is an avid golfer. I just like driving the golf cart around myself. <laughs> Other than that, I pretty much suck at hitting a ball and into any kind of hoop or hole or anything like that i'm terrible at it so i enjoy watching other people do it while eating at a nice restaurant yeah like a golf club or something 
So the newspaper Le Parisien obtained a draft document for reopening measures at Disneyland Paris. Nothing really surprising in there if you've been following along with the reopenings of Universal Studios in Orlando mm-hmm. and Shanghai Disneyland. So basically, masks and face coverings will be required for all ages, nine and up. The attraction capacity will be lowered. There will be no outdoor shows or parades. Uh, I'm guessing no indoor shows as well. Modified meets and... Oh my gosh, can you guess, Niels, how many sanitizing gel stations they're planning on putting up? (laughs) No, I can imagine that it will be hundreds. (laughs) (laughs) It is insane. Two... 1450 sanitizing stations wow. that is just in the parks or also in the hotels i believe it's for the whole resort yeah okay then it makes sense yeah, i guess yeah because yeah. disney village you've got all the restaurants there you've got the yeah. restrooms there so it does add up quite quickly and the hotels have like 500 to 1000 rooms yes. so yeah and separate they, buildings they, they need some stations <laughs> definitely definitely so it's quite the number yeah and more security tents will be constructed, built, set up yeah. <laughs> to help move lines along quicker. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. They can keep those after Corona. <laughs> <laughs> this is great because this is the first kind of inside look that we've been getting on them actually planning on reopening, like mm-hmm. planning on how they're going to reopen. So I hope we'll get to know what date the parks will reopen very soon, maybe on our next episode and hopefully sooner yeah. than that. So <laughs> Yeah, and I'm really curious how they will count <laughs> the people that go in and right. will, will they have some kind of reservation system. Will everyone have the same possibilities to uh, get a reservation? And are there differences for annual pass holders and regular guests? Or will people that stay in a Disney hotel get an advantage? Um, I'm not sure uh, how they will do it, but uh, curious to see uh, how this uh, will evolve. Most definitely. I mean, it'll be super interesting to see. Other parks have been doing it via a reservation system, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. even for annual pass holders. They have a dedicated page on those parks. I hope Disneyland Paris does this as well. It just seems like the most logical and safe way to handle yeah. it at the end of the day, right? I think so too. Yeah. I hope it won't be yeah. a mess. <laughs> yeah, and let's hope that their IT infrastructure oh <laughs> stays yeah. up. We saw that here with uh, Efteling uh, reopening. Um, so they had a system uh, where annual pass holders were able to uh, make reservations first and uh-huh. then a couple of days later, the regular guests as well. But uh, yeah, I think on the, the first day there were like uh, 50,000 people. <laughs> Oh waiting in the virtual queue and they had a poster system and yeah uh, b- because they have so many annual pass holders and everyone wanted to uh, well to get a reservation so uh, yeah that was a was quite a mess uh. y'all folks are desperate for some entertainment <laughs> especially themed entertainment exactly. yeah oh wow yeah. that sounds insane so let's see how disney handles that oh my gosh i can't <laughs> <laughs> No comment. No comment, no. So, (laughs) construction on Walt Disney Studios 2.0, so basically the expansion of Walt Disney Studios, is expected to fully restart within the next weeks. Very excited for that. Quite the delay due to Corona. (laughs) Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, we're supposed to see the opening of the new Cars attraction this summer. I do not believe that will be happening on time. No. Maybe if we're lucky by the winter season, we'll see. Yeah, that would be cool. Gamo Cinema at Disney Village will reopen on Monday, June 22nd with a few screenings of Onward and Inception. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love going to the movies, but right now, I don't think I will be heading no, to a neither. theater anytime yeah. soon, if I'm being no. perfectly honest. Doesn't feel no. like the right place. Eh? You're totally <laughs> indoors. There's uh, air ventilation mm. or circulation. Uh. Yes, which supposedly makes the spreading of the virus way easier. So it's yeah. not a good place to, to hang out no. in closed spaces. And if I go... I would sit in the back <laughs> so that no one is coughing in my neck. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> yeah. Hong Kong Disneyland will reopen with social distancing measures on June 18th. So that's another Disney park that it's making its way to reopening under these Corona circumstances. So it's very exciting. Yes. Yeah. And the guests there will be able to discover the brand new Castle of Magical Dreams, which looks fantastic. I've been seeing a lot of pictures on twitter about it i'm very excited that they're building such a unique castle for hong kong it really deserves its own mm. vibe and theme i'm always a bit disappointed like what, what they did for tokyo disneyland which is just yeah. pretty much a copy of walt disney world's castle i'm i love when disney does new things like what they did in paris with our castle which is so unique and mm -hmm. it's just fun that each disney park has its own character and is still magical at the same time so yeah. yeah i agree yeah and it makes it really interesting to visit other disney parks uh, and, and if they're just copies then uh, yeah it's less interesting definitely so you know we love disneyland paris however there are very quirky crazy and unique experiences to be had in the parks so this is going to be a fun episode where we do a deep dive into the weird side of Disneyland Paris. So this is definitely not meant to be a hate episode in any way. I myself love this strange and unusual. So Niels and I have compiled a fun list with good and bad, but most of all, interesting weird elements that make up our favorite parks. Niels, would you do us the honors with your number one? <laughs> yeah, sure. My number one is the steampunk architecture of uh, our Discoveryland. Ooh, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, this beautiful design is truly unique to Disneyland Paris. Everywhere you'll find those cool bronze and neon light design touches and Actually, the whole land is an, uh, an, an homage to the European writers, artists, the inventors uh, from the past, yes. like uh, Leonardo da Vinci and uh, Jules Verne, of course. Genius. Yeah. So, for instance, uh, the Orbitron spinning uh, rockets attraction with its rotating uh, orbits, that's clearly influenced by uh, da Vinci. But as we're in France, most of the designs are inspired by Verne, the famous French science fiction writer. Space Mountain has touches of um, uh, his novel uh, uh, From the Earth to the Moon, while the Nautilus walk through submarine comes from his 20,000 leagues under the sea. And even the Zeppelin uh, airship above uh, Hyperion Cafe's uh, entrance refers to the uh, island at the top of the world. So that's all, uh, yeah, well, references uh, to Jules, uh, Jules Verne. So all this really belongs to Europe and especially to France and therefore, yeah, also to Disneyland Paris. And it's something that you won't find in any other Disney park worldwide. So uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, this is a truly unique land. Yeah. And it's pretty much Paris's version of Tomorrowland. So we don't have a True. regular old Tomorrowland. We have Discoveryland, which in itself is a timeless design decision because of the steampunk aesthetic. You know, we never have that issue of trying to catch up to a future. <laughs> Instead, yeah. we created a universe that just probably will never exist in the real world because it's all steampunky and gold and bronze and beautiful. Exactly. Okay, so mine is, and this is a long one, sorry about that, the many walkthrough attractions of Disneyland Paris. Now, we have some really lovely 
really strange walkthrough attractions, many of them unique to Paris. We've got labyrinths, caves, submarines, stained glass treasures, and a western fort. You name it, we got it as a walkthrough attraction. Yep. So starting off with Adventure Isle, which is really several walkthrough attractions all merged into one. Mm. From an American perspective, one could argue that this is Paris's version of Tom Sawyer Island. While it does feature caves, it also has a whole lot of pirates and the Swiss family treehouse, which of course tells the story of a family who was stranded on an abandoned island and built their home there. And it's all mixed up together in a really nice and congruent way. The Imagineers did a fantastic job of creating an organic flow to the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. And depending on how you make your way through the park, this could almost be considered a sort of extended pre or post show, which I find really nice. The pirate galleon ship, which is a large pirate ship that kids can explore and run around in, is also located in the Adventure Isle area, as well as the fantastic Skull Rock, which gives you a neat view of Paris's adventure lands and lots of fun caves to explore. Yeah, that's really cool. I love Skull Rock. (laughs) Oh, it's so nice with the waterfall. I love it. Alice's Curious Labyrinth is another one of these funny ones, though. While we don't have an Alice in Wonderland dark ride in Paris, which would be amazing, we do have this fun-filled maze with animatronic characters from the films, Mm -hmm. as well as the Queen of Hearts castle, which we have mentioned before on our previous Hidden Mickeys episode, so be sure to check that out if you want to find all the cool Hidden Mickeys around Disneyland Paris. (laughs) (laughs) And you can climb the Queen of Hearts castle and have a great view of Fantasyland. It's also a lot of fun if Maybe a little bit frustrating as well if you have a bad sense of direction like I do. (laughs) Now, the Discovery and Liberty arcades are officially considered (laughs) walkthrough attractions. And one might argue that this is an attraction most of us have experienced without maybe realizing (laughs) that it is an attraction. (laughs) That's how they count up to 60 attractions. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) However, the arcades are lavishly themed with historic props and decorations that celebrate a history of innovation in Americana. Mm-hmm. as well as giving you a nice dry place to stand or hold up on while it rains outside so yeah it's got all the pluses <laughs> <laughs> our castle also features two fantastic walkthrough attractions one is the upper level la galerie de la belle au bois dormant so sleeping beauty's gallery which is a beautiful stained window glass storytelling experience the windows were designed and assembled in london by peter chapman who had previously worked on the restoration of notre dame de paris which <laughs> Oh my gosh, they need him now as well. <laughs> Disney had to coax Chapman out of retirement for this project, and I'm so glad they did because his work and eye for detail is impeccable, and the windows are just so gorgeous. Yeah, it looks amazing. It does. Yeah. It does. The second hidden treasure is La Tanière du Dragon, which features the most amazing animatronic at Disneyland Paris and is possibly the best animatronic dragon in the world. At 27 meters, that's 89 feet, from head to tail, it was the largest animatronic figure ever built when the park opened in April 1992. This gorgeous fire-breathing lizard rests in the caves below the castle and boy, it sure did intimidate me as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> thing it's really big. dark. And there, yeah. and uh, you hear it's noises, and uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> a oh bit frightening, gosh. but uh, it looks really, really cool indeed. It does look and awesome. We have the only castle in the world with a dragon. <laughs> so How cool uh, is that? I love. Yeah. Oh, 
That's so great. Yeah, yeah. that's making it really unique. Yeah. yeah, it's really adding another layer of depth and storytelling to the castle. It's a lot of fun. True. Le Passage Enchanté de Aladdin, French for Aladdin's Enchanted Passage, is the only attraction located in the Adventureland Bazaar area of Disneyland Paris. The attraction features a series of showcase windows which recreate scenes from the Disney movie Aladdin. It's quite possibly one of the simplest walkthrough attractions at any Disney park. If you had a mind to it, you could probably recreate it pretty accurately in your basement. <laughs> the, scenes, <laughs> yes. the scenes are cute and beautifully lit. Most feature a limited degree of movement. It's fun to look at for a few minutes, but... This is a one-time-per-visit type deal for me, honestly. Now, the next one is a hidden one. Legends of the Far West lets you explore an old Western movie-style military fort. Now, for whatever reason, it is not listed on the official website, as if Disney themselves maybe forgot that, hey, this is there. <laughs> That's strange. <laughs> There's this really funny YouTube video where a dude finds a loose, rusty axe that is supposed to be mounted on the wall. But over the years, I guess, has come loose. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> Expect to have those kinds of experiences in that area. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> you'll see everything from where food was stored to the fort's prison. And there's even a small Native American village outside with smoke coming out of the teepees and everything. It's a lot of fun. And last but definitely not least. Okay. This is my all-time favorite walkthrough attraction anywhere. It's Le Mystère du Nautilus, French for the Mysteries of the Nautilus. It is the most immersive walkthrough attraction I have ever experienced. It is so dark and moody and features these ridiculously elaborate spaces that fully immerse you into the world of Captain Nemo and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I don't want to do a deep dive about it here, but we have a full episode on this attraction alone. If you'd like to check it out, it's yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it's an amazing uh, attraction. A lot of people, well, skip it or don't even see it because it's just a small entrance. Uh, Such a pity. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the rest is underground, of course. So, uh, yeah, uh, but uh, it's definitely worth, uh, well, checking it out. Definitely, uh, and, definitely. And, and it's, it's usually like a walk-on, so... Um, Have yeah. you ever seen a line there, honestly? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I've never seen a line there. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. No. no, it's so that's fantastic. The, that's that's the perfect attraction on a on a busy day. On a or busy on, day, yeah. Just hang out in the summer. Or on a rainy moment. Oh, yeah, it's very true. <laughs> yeah, over to my number two. So, I stay in Discoveryland. Uh, and why? Well, because this land is not just unique for its European steampunk uh, references, but it's also the only park at Disneyland Paris uh, worldwide that has a Discoveryland. Uh, other parks have a Tomorrowland. And when the Imagineers started working on the Paris version of Tomorrowland, they decided to choose a different approach. So they learned from the past as the other parks had difficulties in uh, keeping Tomorrowland uh, representing tomorrow over time. So attractions and designs uh, needed upgrades and therefore investments to keep them well, literally uh, future-proof. The Disneyland Paris approach is different, and I think smarter. Discoveryland is a spin-off of Tomorrowland, but it's the land that celebrates the future as it was seen in the past. Yes. So no changes needed over time, <laughs> and well, a beautiful, unique, and nostalgic approach, uh, I think. So yeah, with the creation of our Discoveryland, Disney really 
chose a different, in a positive way, uh, direction for this park. Most definitely. It's such a beautiful space. It was my favorite land as a kid. And yeah. it still could be someday, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so what's your favorite land at this moment? Then? Currently, it <laughs> is Frontierland. It is so... Yeah, same here. ...congruent. It is so cohesive and beautiful and large and detailed. It is all the things that I wish Discoveryland was, and I believe it could be someday again if the mm-hmm. parks decide to make the right strategic choices. Yeah, and that's funny, as Frontierland doesn't have that many attractions, but... Uh, yes, but the two they do have are so incredible. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Big Thunder <laughs> Mountain totally and Phantom true. Manor are so iconic. They are truly the highlights of Disneyland Paris at the moment, but um, that might change any time with Walt Disney Studios 2.0 opening up and a lot of new things happening. Very exciting. (laughs) Yeah, so this one is... Shorter. (laughs) Something super strange, something shorter, and something that's kind of half a complaint as well. Line birdie. So this is one of those weird things that we only have in Paris, and in this case, it's not great. You may have heard about Limeberry on our amazing hacks episode which is fantastic go check that out it is a third party app that for the most part lets you get reservations to see Mm -hmm. characters why in the world this is not natively integrated into the disneyland paris app is beyond me it really does expose the flaws in the disneyland paris it department if if there even is one i don't know (laughs) maybe they just hire externals all the time line birdie is buggy unintuitive and not so much fun to use it's most definitely not in the disney bubble or really feels like something that disney would integrate into the park's experience so it's super bizarre i don't i don't get it and i guess it's nice that it's there because it's the only way to get character reservations i guess better better than Mm. nothing but um yeah disney put that in the app in the official app (laughs) what's going on yeah (laughs) i I, I guess the whole it infrastructure um needs a big upgrade to get it really integrated uh, into the Disneyland Paris app and create the same kind of experience uh, that um, uh, Disney World uh, has. But uh, yeah, that would be um, ideal to to get that one day. The whole thing feels very patchwork Mm -hmm. to me. Like I remember they got rid of this, I believe now, but it was just a few years ago that when you bought an online ticket, you still had to go to the ticket counter so they could give you the Mm -hmm. real ticket. And that whole deal, like, why can't I just print out my own ticket? Well, it's possible now, but it wasn't a few years ago. And it just feels like so, like you're making the customer jump through hoops because your IT system is outdated. Same thing when we were checking into the Disneyland Hotel. They were using the oldest computers I've ever (laughs) seen in my life. Like these were the the not even black and white screens. They were the green yeah. and black screens. You know these huge True. CRT monitors still operational yeah. there. And when today. they check your reservation, <laughs> uh, you, you see yeah you see some kind of MS DOS uh, interface <laughs> that they're oh, using. So yeah, it's it's, it's really gosh. old fashioned. Yes, no, it is uh, an experience in historical computing live in action. So, yeah, that is definitely one thing that I would love to see being worked on in the future. Um, There's definitely potential to make the park experience more intuitive here. Same with the digital fast passes and food reservations. So there's some potential there. So this is a fun little strange thing that we have. What's next on your list, Niels? Well, my third one is about uh, food. Yes. (laughs) An important uh, element for me in any Disney park um, experience. It's essential. It's essential indeed. And France really has an appreciated, well-known cuisine. Well, the word cuisine is even French, so (laughs) you would at least expect a lot of French food offerings, uh, well, besides the American-style fast food, of course. But actually, there's not 
that much French uh, cuisine in the French Disney park, in my opinion. So that's pretty strange. Well, you have Bistro uh, Chez Rémy, which is a dedicated... uh, And it's so good. French place, and it looks perfect. Yes! (laughs) And of course, some of the buffet and table service restaurants have French touches, like um, the French cheeseburger at um, Annette's, the French cheeses um, that you can find on the buffets as a dessert. Yum. But... Yeah, you have the French uh, sugar and Nutella crepes uh, available from some of the kiosks in, in the parks. And there are more for sure. But overall, the park is lacking a good French food offering, I think. And that well, could easily start by adding an assortment of baguettes to the quick service locations and kiosks. Or by starting to offer some of the popular food options from uh, the Studios Park food festivals. Uh, yeah. Regions were represented with their specialties. Uh, for instance, also very simple to implement were the French crepe with goat cheese or mushrooms that they offered over there. Yeah, besides the regular ones with sugar and Nutella. Totally. So, uh, yeah, that are easy implementations to, well, make it a bit more French and have more variety in the food offering, which, well, I think really is needed <laughs> to bring more variety, especially. As my feeling is that the Asian Disney parks offer far more local specialties. Definitely. And also maybe better quality than we have in France. So uh, yeah. They do. It's strange that the inventor of cuisine <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have the best uh, food offering uh, in their park. Right? Yeah, I've never really understood why that is. There is so much potential in not even French, but European cuisine yeah. in general that could be True. integrated into the parks in really creative ways. Yep. So that is definitely... Some Dutch uh, croquette or yeah. uh, Cheese uh, souffles uh, would be nice too. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I guess they do serve the crepes, but even those are the way they're prepared is not so elegant. So usually, when you go to a European mm-hmm. crepe stand, they'll have this flat pan, and then they'll put the raw dough on the special pan, and then they make it for you fresh. But in Disneyland Paris, they're prefabricated crepes that they just heat up a little bit and. It's just so... Yeah. There could be more going on there. And other amusement parks and theme parks in Europe, like Fantasialand, for example, they make your crepes fresh when you go to the crepe stand (laughs) in Germany. (laughs) I'm like, why? The French must be able to do this. They invented it. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I I definitely don't think it's a cast member issue. This is a total management uh, deal. So I totally agree. More French food, more European food, and more food in general would be awesome at Disneyland Paris. Okay, so I've got a good one. A positive one here for Jay. Ah, so, <laughs> so let's this, keep it positive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. No, I'm just kidding. There are so many things to love at Disneyland Paris, but this is a really strange one. So the acoustic dome on Main Street, you guys. When you are on Main Streets, Harrington's Fine China and Porcelain, this is a must-visit shop. By the way, it is gorgeous. It features this massive, incredible glass dome that I want in my house so bad no but it's really breathtaking not only is it a feast for the eyes but it's also a unique acoustic Mm -hmm. sphere so if two people whisper from the far ends of the dome they can hear one another as though they were standing side by side so i've tried it and it works surprisingly well best when the shop Mm -hmm. is a bit quieter but it's a really 
fun freaky effect oh and i guess there's some cool merch in the shop as well not sponsored <laughs> yeah it's it's a really it beautiful is. store yeah. it's one of my yeah, favorites it's in Paris. and this dome is definitely a highlight yes totally i must admit like on a more positive note as well like Disneyland paris has some of the most gorgeously themed gift shops the emporium on main street with its vintage cash carrying system this incredible glass True. dome even if you don't want any merch at all it is yeah. worth to just walk through the shops to experience the design of the places they're gorgeous and incredibly yeah themed. and they have a really nice little shop in Fantasyland where you have the dwarf house from uh, snow white uh, inside yes and you have the one with the tailor mickey or sir mickey's in uh, Fantasyland as well awesome yeah where you have mickey and the beanstalk it's theming so cool. definitely go into the shops and just look around for all its beautiful uh, details yeah they're incredible they're really worth checking out at least just going in for just a quick look and yeah it's awesome what's next on your list Niels? next one is a short one but our disneyland park the main castle park in paris um, is also unique for having a very long time no new attractions at all <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry that's a good one that <laughs> <laughs> i think space mountain was the latest ride added to the park in 1995 so that's oh a long gosh. long 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 time ago has it um, been that long <laughs> there were attractions that closed and got replaced like Buzz Lightyear Laser Blast in 2006 replacing uh, Le Visionarium mm -hmm. but totally new additions or extensions are quite unique in the park's history uh, unfortunately even if we take Walt Disney Studios Park into consideration uh, then the latest edition was uh, Ratatouille uh, which was I think six years ago already yeah so yeah it's pretty strange <laughs> other disney parks uh, invested more in new rides and new lands new experiences but yeah the good news here is that disney uh, announced the uh, expansion of Walt disney studios park so we will get a huge extension with a lake and the star wars marvel and, and frozen stuff so uh, yeah they're making it up <laughs> i can't wait till it opens up it's so exciting yeah, me too <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so I'm gonna keep it in fashion here for a bit. So the costumes of Disneyland Paris, the stockpile of costumes at Disneyland Paris is the largest in Europe with 250,000 garments in stock. Mm -hmm. The park sewing workshop creates about 5,000 costumes per year. Some dresses require over 200 hours of work. These numbers just yeah. blew my mind. Insert mind blown gif it's here, amazing. please. This is just so unbelievable considering that we have major film studios, theaters, and operas all over Europe, and Disneyland Paris beats them all. I mean, I guess it makes sense at the end of the day because Disneyland Paris has over 15,000 employees, many of which are cast members and require their own uniform slash costumes mm -hmm. as well as the parades, shows, and meet and greet performers. Yeah. So, true. yeah, it, that just blew my mind. It's so, so strange to me that... <laughs> That when you never really think about these garments and all the costumes that are required to make the park function on a day-to-day -day basis, it's yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah. And it so, needs a big, yeah. big, big washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my gosh, that's very true. Next, I'll have something different. Disney parks usually, well, carefully think of their theming and where to put their IP or uh, intellectual uh, properties. True. Especially when you have multiple parks within a theme park resort, and then it's logical to keep 
one IP or one franchise in one park uh, where it fits best. Makes sense. So sometimes we do see classic characters that really represent the Walt Disney Company, like Mickey or Donald in multiple parks or places within a resort, or uh, we even see a show around a specific film in a different park uh, than, than what the rights of the same movie are, uh, like the Frozen sing-along show in, in Disney's Hollywood Studios and the Frozen meet-and-greet and ride that are in Epcot, both uh, in the Walt Disney World uh, Resort. But I don't think we have a situation anywhere else worldwide that is comparable to uh, Star Wars in Disneyland Paris. <laughs> um, right now we have like well, a mini Star Wars land in um, the Disneyland Park in Discoveryland with the Star Tours attraction, the huge uh, Star Trader store, the Darth Vader meet and greet in Starport. Very true. And also Hyperspace Mountain right around uh, the corner. And there even were Jedi Training Academy sessions in the past in the uh, Videopolis uh, Theater uh, next door. There were animated uh, Star Wars shorts uh, playing on the big screens in the Hyperion uh, Cafe uh, seating area while enjoying uh, (laughs) the nice burgers. But nowadays, yeah, we already see that, well, the actual Star Wars seasons are celebrated in Walt Disney Studios. Oh my gosh. With the shows, the marches, the meet and greets, themed snacks. All of which are fun. Yeah, and I definitely <laughs> encourage uh, <laughs> to keep on doing that. And they even had a nighttime show. Projected on the Tower of Terror. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that was, was perfect. But in the future, we'll even get a Star Wars land in the studios too. So, yeah, this is a big split of the Star Wars universe and also making it quite unique that we have so well many Star Wars things split over two parks and that's something that probably just happened over time with uh, first having just one park (laughs) adding some Star Wars IP and then years later we had the second park where it actually fitted better but well now it feels just a bit weird to me just like the frozen land coming to the studios would fit better to a fantasy and fairy tale theme park like the Disneyland park so yeah it's something unique uh, the struggle is real (laughs) to Disneyland Paris too this issue with Star Wars is something that we're not completely alone in considering that at Disneyland in California Star Tours is on one end of the park and then Galaxy's Mm -hmm. Edge is on the other (laughs) end of the park and in Hollywood Studios and Orlando yeah you have the Star Wars launch bay on one side and Galaxy's Edge on the other side but but still at least it's in the same park that's true (laughs) that's true if they would do something like a Star Wars season, then, well, still one place to go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and nowadays you see Disneyland Paris promoting the Star Wars season. And, well, they also tell you, oh, by the way, we have Star Tours, we have Hyperspace Mountain, we have Star Wars segment in our nighttime show, Disney Illuminations. But yeah, but you have to switch parks. And that's, <laughs> yeah, pretty strange. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's so true. That's such a good point. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like a lot of times with our seasons in Disneyland Paris, it's like some of the things are happening in Disneyland Park and other things are happening at Walt Disney Studios Park. Like with the Frozen celebration, mm-hmm. you had the animation celebration show Frozen, but then you had the yeah. parade over at Disneyland Park. Yeah. So The whole season was situated in Disneyland Park, including the souvenirs and the themed snacks. So Yeah. yeah. True, that was another split. And now they're building the frozen land in the studio. So yeah, (laughs) it's all over the place. (laughs) It's just all over the place. What are we going to do? Okay, well... (laughs) So what's your last one? (laughs) Positive one or... Yeah, yeah. My last one is Dapper Dan's Haircuts is a fully functioning barbershop on Main Street, USA. Now, I have to admit, this is one we share with Disney World, which 
hosts its own Harmony Barbershop on Main Street as well. However, this is just such a fantastic, unique Disney thing. I mean, what other theme park can you get your hair done in? True. It's just, I love yeah. it. The barbershop in Disneyland Paris is decorated with authentic furniture and accessories from a barber in Chicago who was retiring at the time that the park was being conceived. So everything is for reals. Cool. <laughs> Even more incredible is that 100-piece soap bowl collection that is made entirely of originals dating back to before 1910, many of which have been used in barbershops for generations. And last but not least, most incredibly of all, the towel steamer is an original from the year 1900, making it well over 100 years old, and it's still in operation today. So if you get a steel towel in the in Dapper Dan's haircuts, it's from that 1900 <laughs> machine, 100 year old plus towel steamer. My grandmother would be proud and that thing was sure made to last <laughs> yeah have you ever gotten the chance to get your hair done at dapper dance no i never did that and um, i always feel a bit not so comfortable to just go in <laughs> <laughs> and uh, see the barber or, or when he's uh, cutting someone's hair but um, i've been inside one time when i took the disneyland park guided tour the tour guide was pointing out these beautiful details uh, that you just mentioned and uh, there was also i think an old phone that you could pick up and then, well, Ooh. something was playing. I, I'm not sure anymore what I could hear there, but uh, there are some really nice uh, little details that you uh, yeah, probably uh, not aware of. I love these little things that Disneyland yeah. Paris has all over Main Street, especially with the dentist's office that you mentioned on the details episode, I believe. And oh, yeah. it's just, yes, oh my gosh, it's so sounds. much fun. <laughs> There's actually a YouTube recording. Of somebody got the source audio, I believe, of this dentist's experience experience, which is a lot of fun to listen to. Dr. Bits, the next patient is ready. Open wide. Uh, this won't hurt a bit. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they, they have already totally a lot of nice sound effects on Main Street. And uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's worth checking out uh, <laughs> all these well little stories that they're telling uh, while you're passing by. It's really cool. So I've got a bonus one. This one comes from one of our listeners at DB Army, and he writes, it was either 2004 or 2005. My parents and I had just gotten off the Pirates of the Caribbean, and back then there was a quote-unquote statue just wearing rags, so no face could be seen standing at the exit of the attraction. I already ran off into the shop and didn't know what was going on. Meanwhile, my mother decided to just stare at the statue for a while because she thought it had moved. Then I just heard a loud scream. What happened was the statue was in fact a cast member in disguise to scare folks exiting <laughs> the attraction. When my mother faced with her back to the statue, the cast member just grabbed her shoulder lightly and she got scared extremely well. My father was laughing for five minutes straight while I missed it all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sounds like the Halloween Fright Nights uh, in some of the... Seriously, uh, like a well, Universal Studios the Orlando or, or Universal yeah. uh, <laughs> like theme parks, but uh, yeah, that's funny. Oh my gosh, thank you so much at DMV Army for sharing that great story. You know, this does ring a vague bell when I think about it. Ah, childhood memories, but I don't believe they've been continuing this practice in the last couple of years, but 
really sheesh here kids enjoy your new childhood trauma (laughs) it doesn't make for a good story though it's really fun (laughs) i do believe they did get my stepmom at one point or another too now that i'm reading his story but yeah Yeah, and i believe that uh, last year during the halloween night the ticketed events they had some actors inside pirates of the caribbean and also in the adventure owl section Ah! So that was a bit more uh, adult, like well, yeah. frightening. <laughs> and I think the whole adventure owl section was even called uh, oh the scare zone or something like that. Or so they did it again, but then it was really pointed out as this area is where <laughs> all the frightening stuff is happening, and it was just during the night. Well, that's uh, fine uh, then. A ticketed event. Yeah, no little children, and otherwise you well were warned <laughs> that something could happen. Yeah, I think the whole scaring thing doesn't really. Like the jump scare doesn't really fit the Disney brand on a day-to-day basis. However, if it's for like a special ticketed event and it's clearly indicated, I think it's totally fine. And I think Mm, it's a lot of fun and interesting to see Disney do their own take on horror, which is also happening over at Hong Kong Disneyland, where for Halloween they have this haunted house style walkthrough attraction that's just temporary and they build it up and Mm. it's very adult it's very (laughs) frightening and it's so cool there are really cool youtube videos of it you guys go check that out if you want to i think last year they had like the horror version of alice in wonderland so it's very a la universal studios halloween horror nights very detailed it's very elaborate live scare actors really fun really crazy something you'd never really expect disney to do but they totally did and it's a lot of fun <laughs> so i yeah, love sounds, that sounds cool i love that <laughs> yeah maybe we'll get our own halloween horror house someday at disneyland paris i wouldn't i won't be mad yeah. at that no me neither <laughs> some zombie pirates in there or something yeah so niels thank you so much for coming back on the show you guys be sure to follow niels on instagram under at capturing disney parks where he posts the best disney park pictures all day every day it's so amazing on twitter under at cap disney parks and check out his website capturing disney parks.com so thank you again so much niels (laughs) thank you for having me eric you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode of Air Magique, I would so very much appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. It really does help new folks discover the podcast. Thank you so much, you guys. Chris79Ling writes, What a wonderful and positive podcast. I look forward to each episode and I think it's jam-packed with well-researched and well-thought-out topics and discussions. This is a very respectful and informative podcast and I actually go here first for Disney news that are reliable and current. Thank you, best luck, and keep it up. Kudos! Oh, <laughs> thank you so much, Chris79ling. <laughs> if you guys leave a fun review, I'll be sure to read it on a future episode. Follow at Magique on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for more fun Disneyland Paris related content. For Magique, this is Eric. Have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. This episode is not sponsored. Any promotional or advertised content will be clearly identified. Air Magique is an unofficial podcast made with love and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries.